0: Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. Today, I'm joined by lead analyst Logan Modashami to talk about what could forestall a mortgage rate lockdown and whether he's changed his forecast on how high mortgage rates will go this year.
1: Since 2015, Finance of America Mortgage and their skilled, award-winning mortgage advisors have helped over 450,000 customers, closing more than $134 billion in loan volume. Licensed in all 50 states, plus Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands, Finance of America Mortgage is backed by best-in-class lending technology and a wide range of innovative mortgage products that can help turn any borrower into a customer for life. Want to join an award-winning team and elevate your business? Visit www.joinfamtoday.com forward slash housingwire to learn more. Finance of America Mortgage LLC is licensed nationwide. Equal Housing Opportunity. NMLS ID number 1071. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Equal Opportunity
2: Employer.
0: Logan, welcome back to the podcast.
2: It is wonderful to be here, Sarah. We
0: have had a week. Wow. So we're going to be talking about the mortgage rate lockdown and sort of um, the counter to that, like what might be the counter argument for that or, or what you see is could actually stop us from getting there, which has, you know, that that idea of a mortgage rate lockdown has captured the imagination of our readers and just really nationwide. And part of it is because, like, it's hard to see how we I mean, that just would make everything worse. So I'm interested in that. So let to set that up, let's talk about um, the data we saw this week from the Census Bureau. Tell me about that.
2: Yeah. You know, now that we have uh, 2019, 2020, and 2021 data, um, it's so apparent what happened with the inventory situation. Literally, household formation was everywhere in the, uh, in the country. Uh, every state had household formation and... Uh, no added units. So, you know, this notion that, you know, housing was record breaking demand. I just want everyone to notice this and remember this. When people say there was record breaking demand in 2020, we only had 130,000 more home sales in 2020 than we did in 2017. What occurred in 2020 is that not only did inventory break to all time lows, we had no seasonal increase in inventory that year. Right. So we just went straight down. And that's why in 2021, you know, alarm bells had to be off. You just have to have a second grade education and be able to visually see the data was right there for everyone. It wasn't very hard. Uh, you had a breakdown to all time lows with no seasonal. And we didn't get much of a seasonal push in 2021. So uh, we started 2022 at all time lows. Uh, rent, t- rent took off. Home prices took off. Uh, uh, it wasn't the credit boom we saw in 2002 to 2005 where credit demand, sales, starts, permits, prices all moved together. Uh, we had an authentic, for the first time, a, a housing shortage that came at the worst time possible. Household formation came up and now the da- data officially verifies. Now that we're in 2022, we could see it. Uh, and it's just, it was a tough situation. It was a tough situation. It's, it's not an easy one to solve. Uh, and now we have, you know, the the makings of, you know, possibly a mortgage rate lockdown. So it's so uh, when, sa- it's savagely unhealthy. That's, that's It the is still
0: stuff. savagely unhealthy. So when you have household formation and no added units, does that mean that, like, people are getting married and, like, living where they always were well, living, living with their parents? Like, what does that mean? You know,
2: you know when, when I think about years 2020 to 2024, um, my, my work is, has such a long lag in the sense that in the previous expansion – I've always said, you know, uh, we're going to have the weakest housing recovery ever because household formation will work itself up toward 2020 to 2024. That means the people we're going to rent, we're going to date, we're going to mate, we're going to get married, we're going to have kids. But then also on top of that, you know, people that were maybe living with their parents. Living with their roommates got their own place you know so there's a lot of things going on this is why i always stress 2020 to 2024 is going to be different because you're coming from uh, in 2007 uh prime age population growth peaked declined forecasted for a long time for that to happen and then you just work yourself up back uh and that's that is so much to me so much of economics is that right there never still gets talked about ever even after 15 years but uh, now that we have all the data here, we could actually see it, that it was even worse than what we thought. Uh, and then also the migration patterns of people with good incomes going to areas that, you know, weren't ready for that kind of income power. It, it was just a mess. Right. It was just a mess. And we could, we saw what happened, escalating home prices, vertical pricing for home, housing, rent inflation took off. And uh, this is what happened when too many people chase too few homes. Right, and you get bidding wars. Right, not like 2002 to 2005, where we saw credit expansion. Right, a lot of people still don't know this. Uh, inventory in 2000 was rising from two million to two and a half million, but cre- the credit boom was so much that it kept monthly supply below five uh, five months. And then when that ended, guess what? Boom! You just had a collapse in demand. That's what a you know a leveraged credit bubble looks like. Much different this time around. And today, you know, we sit here. Um, median days on market is 14 days, lowest ever, last two months bu- last two months. That's not because demand's booming, right? It's because we have over 330 million people. And you know, total inventory is off of the lows, but we're not even back to 2019 level. So it's just uh, if people just paid attention to that rather than getting into this whole bearish economic thing for 10 years, it, you could have seen this kind of coming and then it just manifested itself. And that's why the work, you know, what we've done in Housing Wire from 2020 was try to tell people, hey, listen, this forbearance crash for all that stuff. No, you have to worry about prices escalating, uh, uh, not this massive crash that people have been talking about for 10 years or this major deflationary uh, topic.
0: So, you know, this, again, this, I wouldn't think that the Census Bureau information is a surprise to you because you have, you know, 2020 to 2024 has been a demographic story for you. And and you've been warning about that. But like, I'm not familiar with how census looks at stuff when they say household formation.
2: What well, ha- household, yeah, there, there, there's, there's just people creating new households, like a, a new person going into a new rental unit or a new so home. So they're the head of right? household. So That's how got, they're
0: answering that question.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Th- yeah. You just add that. And for many years, it's been rising, right? Uh, I mean, it's, it, it, the data has been showing this. It just picked up a little bit more in, in 2020 to 2024. And part of some of that is, you know, roommates, people get their own, their own uh, rental unit. Uh, the migration, you know, from one area to, to another, you know, uh, uh, th- that household story has been here for years. Actually, we were growing household. It just took off. But the problem was we didn't have any units to add on to it. There's your there's your, like it's so crystal clear now that, you know, and I, and I always say that there's one group of American and Russian citizens that actually sit there and tell you, no, it was the Fed. The Fed did this. We had record-breaking demand. Why? Because they have to portray that most evil institution was created in a Dr. Jekyll Hyde Island experiment in 1913, and they cannot (laughs) get over this uh, to the the ends of the earth. They will not get over this. And in death, when it comes, the pain, the suffering of living in the world after 1913 (laughs) will come to an end. But not yet. Not yet. not
0: yet. Well, let's, you know, so those people forming households, those millennials, you know, looking for a house to live, no units available. The mortgage rate lockdown which we talked about last week which you wrote about, um it has it has really taken off because the whole idea makes sense and it's it's just frightening to think that we might be locked in now with all these people with their with their rates that are so low and now rates are so much higher. So, you know, this time last year I think 2.83 was what we reported that the rates were this time last year. Now we're over six, six point three, and and rising. Depending on where you look, and so you know, next week, uh, highly expecting the Fed to raise rates again. So you've been locked into this super low rate. You're a homeowner. You, what is your incentive to move? So today you're going to kind of give me the counter and what could happen, why that might not happen.
2: Okay, I'm I'm always a big believer of always. Having a counter to any premise you had, and I've never believed in the mortgage rate lockdown uh, uh, premise anyway, because I just never believed rates went up high enough, fast enough, and held up higher uh, with duration. So that's why I always say that we need 2023 data uh, before we really want to commit to the mortgage rate lockdown. Because it sounds it, it sounds so simple. Why would people move with rates? Well. There's a difference between two and a half mortgage rates, a six and a quarter. Of course, the total payment becomes higher. Uh, That's that's part of the issue. But to count, I mean, to counter this, uh, the mortgage rate lockdown is just that we've had such a wild, frantic year that home sellers just called it quits early uh, than normal, right? Because the, the demand wasn't there and home sellers are always stingy. And uh, they didn't really need to sell anyway, uh, and they don't, they don't feel comfortable uh, 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 moving in this environment because the total cost of housing is too much. Uh, and I think we have to leave, leave ourselves open for that, that the uh, total cost of housing uh, can be something that uh, is allowing sellers to quit early because they just go, I just can't afford to move. That, 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 to me, in a sense, wouldn't be a technical mortgage rate lockdown. Uh, uh, it would be more of a, it's just simply too expensive to move. And if rates fell lower, uh, they would actually, or when they when they could afford a home, they will they will do that regardless of the rate.
0: You know, there is this psychological thing going on too, right? All, all the time. So, so we know people who, um, I wasn't old enough to buy a house in the 70s, but we know people who bought houses when interest rates were in the teens, right? When when 11% was a good deal and then when 9% was a good deal and 7% was a good deal. But psychologically now we've had years of low mortgage interest rates. At what point do people you know what you talk about feel comfortable? At what point do they do they give that up and, and there's a new normal, a new reset in their mind about mortgage rates?
2: Well, you know, mortgage rates being low historically doesn't really matter as much as the total payment cost. So home prices are much higher now than they were in the the 70s and 80s. So I think the payment shock is a legit thing. I mean, this is a this is the biggest payment shock in our history because home prices are still rising and then mortgage rates expanded. So even though historically it's still low. and, And the reason I say this is that, you know, back in the summer of 2020, we wrote about this. We said that what can change the housing market? And back then, I said a ten-year yield above one point nine four percent can, right? Uh, so in 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 that article, we said even though historically this rate is low, which is really four percent plus, uh, higher rates matter, right? The uh, and they mattered a lot in twenty thirteen fourteen. They mattered in twenty eighteen and nineteen. So here, back then, you know, you know, the reason I use one point nine four is because th- that's been such a uh, Uh, a key level in my work since 2019 wasn't going to happen in 2020, wasn't part of the forecast in 2021. 2022 was the first time, you know, in the 2022 forecast to talk about, well, if global yields can rise, Japan and Germany, we can break that, you know, and before the Russian invasion and the Fed pivot, everything, we were getting there, right? But this spike, right, the spike in rates, while home prices are still rising. The total payment cost is much more than let's say uh, times where mortgage rates might have been eight or nine percent just because home prices have escalated and this is why I made sure to put that 23 percent home price growth model said so if that cracks right the one thing that could ruin 2020 to 2024 is if home prices grew above 23 percent for five years it did it in two years and then what cracked in March the 1.94 level broke. So the two things that we've talked about here in HousingWire since the summer of 2020, those two things happened at once. And guess what happened? Housing demand got hit right away. It makes perfect sense. And this is why I always tell people, have economic models, have affordability models. Uh, Don't rely just on the rate itself. Because if you rely on the rate and you don't adjust that to the payment levels, it's it's not going to work. And that's what happened. Even though rates are historically low, the payment shock is now- the counter to this is we're still going to have over five million total home sales this year, right? So with with home prices so high, with the uh, um, um, uh, mortgage rates so high, we're still going to end the year. But again, that is a that is a meaningful payment shock, and what it's done is that you know so many of the buyers are sellers, right? So if sellers don't sell to buy, there's your housing demand, right? And then that inventory doesn't come online. So you're you're actively relying on those that actually can sell. And move uh, um, versus, and then the rest are basically investors at that point. But you could see what's going on. Uh, we just didn't have enough sellers, uh, uh, and some of them called quits, and that's why total inventory levels is not uh, at 2019 levels yet.
0: So, so I have to just interject that that the sound that our audience might be hearing is you keep clapping your hands. <laughs> You're just,
2: oh, okay. you're just
0: gesticulating yeah. wildly. If people could see what your hands are doing, it's so I know, funny. I
2: know, I the, know. The old, the, the old <laughs> basketball coach in me, you know. No, it's. Uh, and by the way, just, we want to let everyone know that we actually finally found somebody to take me on a debate. Yep. Yes. You know, because uh, uh, I've always done that with Twitter. And uh, uh, again, my best work is always live debating. I hardly get to do it anymore, so it's been. I'm getting so excited because we then force people to give you forecasts and models. Because what happens out there? Ninety nine percent of the people just make up stuff, right? They just make stuff up and they just hope it sticks. There, you could just see this. The percentages they throw, they, they nothing. They're just making stuff up. So there's a systematical way to show the public. Who actually forecasts for years and who doesn't forecast for years? And then if you don't actually know the data, you trip them up by actually, you know, asking them basic questions that I've done this before. They don't have no idea what the answer is, right? So then you you ask them, what was your forecast? What were you thinking in 2018? Nothing. What's your inventory to sales model? I don't have none. Why are you talking about housing? Because I hate the Fed. I hate the Federal Reserve. That means I hate everything. (laughs) So there's a way to show this. I could do this. I just need live people because that's what I've done in the past, right? And I think some of the people that might have noticed that realize what I'm doing. That's why nobody wants a piece of this because if you are not wired 24-7 with every economic data out there and every housing data boy you better not step up to this yes,
0: your passion is showing I'm excited about this debate because um this is a professor at Rutgers it seems like a a legit person and we're excited to to have a you know have someone for you guys to talk about okay back to our topic you know if I'm in housing I might feel like what does it matter if we call it um, a mortgage rate lockdown if the effect is the same but what I hear you say or what you just said is like if it's just about you know if it's not strictly on the mortgage rate, but it's about the total cost. Well total cost can come down as as you know prices fall. Rates and- come
2: down. Yeah. Well well prices could fall, rates could fall. And what, what's happened in the past is that when rates come down, sales pick up, you get more sellers that way. We we saw that in 2013 and 14 and 2018 and 19. Here we don't even have prices falling this year, right? So so the price growth is here and the rates. This is this the whole concept of the savagely unhealthy housing market is that housing doesn't move like stocks, so it's it takes like 2 years of weakness to really get price adjustments. Uh so here we just we have the higher rates and we have the higher prices. So you get no real like good adjustment period in in 2022.
0: So 2023 is going to be key for this. So one of the things you said about mortgage rate lockdown is with duration. That mortgage rates have to go up and be high for duration. What what duration makes that? Is that six months? Is that a year? Like, what kind of duration are we looking for? Two
2: to two to three years. You need you need at least two to three years. This is why I say that you know we have to wait till twenty twenty three data, right? Twenty twenty three data actually uh, will give us a key. Now, if if new listings, I I, I'm just I'm grimacing right here. (laughs) If new listings are declining year over year, let's say mortgage rates are 6%, and we start the year with declining new listings and declining inventory, that is a nuclear bomb right there. That is a mortgage rate lockdown uh, confirmed, right? That's why I'm telling people, let's wait until 2023, because this means we've gone through uh, one full year, right, from March to March, Right And rates were rates went up and it was really in June. Right. It's really when we got to that six and a quarter percent. So let's wait till then, because it's the the, the mindset has always been that rates go up, demand falls, inventory increases. We saw that in 2014 and 2022. But the scale of inventory is not as much as people think. So basically the ones that are selling their houses, they adjust to the prices. Uh, They need to they need to cut the prices to sell the products and everyone else just stays. Right. So that's not good for inventory or sales. Uh, it becomes somewhat a functioning marketplace for those that are in there. But for the other two things, it's just like, oh, great. And then the, the issue is that if rates do fall, and this is my main concern, I, I, I write this always if rates do fall and we haven't had much inventory growth that can pause, stall, or reverse the inventory growth that we had. And being below 2019 levels, you know, you're still at a risk of just being stuck, and being stuck to me is always a problem. That's always been the uh, housing getting stuck. So this is why watching all this data, it's like, oh man, it's really looking like it's stuck. We need a functioning, fluid marketplace where prices can adjust. Right, uh, if you need to cut prices to sell property, that's because the market is functioning, working. Uh, home prices going as much as they did. Uh, in 2020 or 2020 was not record-breaking demand. It was just a function of too few homes out there. So I think the counter could be that next year, let's say inventory does grow uh, uh, um, and uh, it looks more normal then the mortgage rate lockdown uh, uh, needs to be questioned. So I've left it open to this possibility just because of the data I saw. I just need confirmation of that because uh, you need more time. Right, because this this year has been so wild that you know you're making this big massive decision and you're just thinking, oh no, whoa, whoa that 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 cost could be too much for me in housing. I'm I, I'm not going to move because I the quality of life is better for me here.
0: Okay, so you know you've given some arguments why we may not see that. You've told us what we have to look like. Give us your over under in your opinion. Looking at the data right now, what do you think? Is it is it really going to be a mortgage rate lockdown?
2: Washing that. New listings data start to decline in June. For the first time in my life, I actually thought, wow, this is what it would look like. And uh, it it only gets tested if rates stay high next year, uh, because you have to realize the affordability issue becomes more problem. I mean, this is the biggest affordability hit of our recent of our lifetimes. That matters. Right. Uh, That's why the home price growth accelerating. So. Uh, as of right now, I will say, yeah, there, there you can make this – I will take the bet on that happening uh, because you don't change behavior like that that fast uh, because people buy and sell every – people sell every year. Uh, but the inventory that we saw, the inventory growth that we saw this year is really a, accumulation of weakness in demand. That was my whole higher mortgage rate thing, theme. We need higher mortgage rates to accumulate uh, uh, inventory. But the new listings really didn't really didn't go anywhere, and then it dropped. And it's like that's that's the mortgage rate lockdown. That's the thing that I I, I never want to see, right? Because uh, uh, that n- nothing good comes out of that. I mean, it's a first world problem. Americans are doing great in their households. You know, they're living their lives. They're perfectly fine. They have low mortgage rates, low employment. Great. You rather you rather have that problem than what we saw from 2005 to 2011, where people were losing their homes. Uh, but it is still an issue uh if you're trying to if you're calling or wanting balance, right? That's the whole thing, the B and B marketplace.
0: So mortgage rates are, are key to this discussion and what's going to happen. So let's talk about mortgage rates. So if you're <laughs> if you're looking at the ten year yield, I mean this has just been last week has been kind of crazy. If you're if you're watching things like the stock market, if you're watching the yield, if you're watching, you know, so so give us some sanity here, give us a reality check, and and tell it to us straight. Like well, where you, do
2: you here's here's a the, the two year yield, right? You know, so much of my work is the two year yield early on. And it's uh, uh, it's at levels that we saw in October of 2007. Uh, so the the, the the vertical pricing of short term rates is that the the Fed is you know it's it's interesting the the world the World Bank there's an article written that all the central banks together are risking a global recession because they're all tightening together, right? Yeah. The U.S. tightening as much as it is the dollar is just creating so much havoc out there. But also, you know, in 2007, I was I was showing people today on Twitter that look at how much delinquencies and bankruptcies were coming in 2007 before the recession happened, right? And look where we are now. So the consumer credit profiles look so much better. Uh, but the Federal Reserve is is creating more and more inversions because the 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 long end of the bond market really doesn't believe in this growth story. It's really just believing that the Fed is just bent on creating a recession. That's why the 10-year yield hasn't really taken off more. I mean, literally, I mean I'm sitting here right now we're 3.44%, we're we're 19 basis points away from 2018 levels, but we have all this inflation still. So the Federal Reserve, you know, historically you would you would need the fed funds rate to be much higher, right, than what it is and and the long end of the bond market, the long end of the bond market from day one just does not believe that you know we're going to have this record-breaking economy growth and wages you know so the inversion is getting worse and worse right and now the global ba- global uh, everyone's like oh boy we're all like coordinating a global recession aren't we uh, and you saw some of that in the FedEx numbers uh, uh, yesterday in the earnings report so in theory mortgage rates should be higher but they're they're kind of just hovering here and they're in the mortgage-backed security market the the pricing is is bad in the sense that you could you should be at five and a quarter or five percent now so uh you you have to really believe that the economy is just going to keep on expanding and inflation becomes more of an issue because right now the 10-year yield just doesn't want to break out like you know it would it would historically and we're here testing that double top right now on the 10-year yield so uh uh Whenever something like this happens, and when my sixth recession red flags are up, I'm always in the post 1982 camp that something breaks, right? Uh, uh, housing's already in a recession. Uh, what we have left is now a global recession and then the US, right? The labor market is still firm. Jobless claims, good again. We're uh, two, headline is about 213,000. God, we're almost about to break under 200,000 again. So the Fed is really bent on that. It's just that the long end of the market is not going with them and uh, that the bond market is telling you, you are going into a recession and you know it and you keep on talking about it because you keep on telling people they need to suffer, right? So the Federal Reserve tells you, we need businesses and households to suffer and we have positive retail sales reports. Stop spending, people. You're making our life harder. So... Uh, we're we're at that cusp right now at a very key technical level. Uh yeah. and if that ho- if that holds and then you could you could see the bond market maybe rally, mortgage pricing get better, but uh, it, it's such a tug of war between the short end of the bond market and the long end. And The short end is like laughing saying you're, you're inverted yield curve, you're going into recession. What are you guys doing? And the Fed is just talking about the economy's this this this, but you're going to suffer, right? You know, so there's a lot of confusing messages out there, uh, but the the fact that the uh, the yield curve is more inverted uh, historically is never a good sign for the economy.
0: But from your perspective, your uh, forecast of six and a quarter, maybe six and a half um, for mortgage rates at the rest of this year, you. you I'm pull...
2: always I'm always going to take the opposite side. I'm just uh, when 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 you have all these recession red flags up. Uh, uh, Traditionally, the next move, the next big move uh, is lower. What we had, you know, we had a one and a quarter percent move in rates uh, 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 just a few months ago. A bond market was falling, right? There's no mortgage-backed securities, really. There's no QE, none of that. Uh, But the Fed is really, really, really targeting housing, right? They really want the housing market to suffer as much as possible to get the housing reset, but there's also limits to what the bond market will allow them to do. So uh, that's why I, I'm asking anybody: ask what the housing reset is, because uh, if the Fed is serious about even not cutting rates during a recession, this is a whole this is a whole different ballgame. This is what we saw in you know '75 or or in the early '80s, where uh, the Fed just says job losses don't matter, uh, um, inflation is. Uh, so that that to me is that's the opposite side of where I'm taking it, right? My side is always, you know, whenever economic data gets weaker, the bond market falls. Here, the opposite side is people losing their jobs doesn't matter, businesses suffering doesn't matter. We have to fight inflation because if we raise interest rates, rents will go down. Okay, if we raise interest rates, the dollar be so strong that energy. Go- oh, weird! The dollar's are already strong. So you can see what the issue is. Uh, They don't really have the tools at this point to to solve some of the issues uh, out there. But they are they are very adamant about it. And I just think when the labor market turns, they will turn with it, right? And this is the whole junkyard dog premise that they they look and sound to me like a junkyard dog. When you jump over, you could pat their belly, right? They're talking all tough and everything, and. The way they the way they're saying their things just is not natural to them. so uh, I, I, but it needs the labor market turning. So if the job market stays firm and in, inflation is for some reason picking up uh, more that's a that's a different equation but the growth rate of inflation is slowly moving down. It'll come down more in 2023 just because the high comps uh, the comparables are going to be uh, much harder. Uh, energy prices are falling. Uh, then rent inflation is more of a 2023. Core inflation is driven by shelter. That's a 2023, how the BLS tracks it. Other rental data is already cooling. So um, it, it, it's there's just a lot going on here that people aren't used to that, you know, I mean, for someone like me, it's really exciting, but for everyone else, it's really confusing. It's like, how do you get rents down unless you have to lose your job? Uh, yeah, that's what the Federal Reserve says. They want you to lose your job. They, they're telling you, we want higher unemployment right so uh we want households see when the, when the federal reserve said households have to suffer and businesses have to suffer you have to take them all that's pretty that. pretty you radical you have to take them because what traditionally is going to happen is that the people with the least amount of education with the least amount of income are going to suffer the most and that's always been the what they call the economic racism of of the federal reserve that hispanics and african americans get disproportionately hit uh uh when rates rise you know um so uh the the term the fed is racist because of that 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 that's where that comes from is that the lower income households suffer the most in this and now that the lower income households have some wage growth the federal reserve says oh we got to watch out for a wage spiral oh no not, this is bad labor having a uh, bargaining power no we no, no 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 we can't have lower income people make more money nope Bad, bad, bad. So that's the mindset of this. And uh, I, 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 I I, understand the, the anger that some people have because they see the Federal Reserve members and that, you know, um, when they talk like that, it's really, you know, the lower income households that suffer the most because we're a service sector economy and those jobs get hit first. Right. Uh, uh, and the people with the least amount of education, those that never finished high school, always have the highest unemployment rate. And uh, um, it's it's just one of these tough things because inflation is their mandate. This is their job. We gave them this job and they believe that this is what we need to do. Uh, but the way they phrased it, it it's, it's really hard, you know, because they came out and said, no, households are going to have to suffer. Businesses are going to have to suffer.
0: Really hard to see that. When's the next jobs report?
2: Uh, end of the month. Uh, um at uh, uh, September and uh, again jobless claims are falling if they fell again and uh job openings are up uh, some of the economic data is firmed up I mean it's not uh, growth is still very low but the labor market that's all that's left right so I tell people job openings claim that's all I'm right now that's the only two things that I'm that I'm looking at and jobless claims have fallen that means less firing and job openings have increased. Right. That means more work is needed. Right. So the whole talk about that we've had job openings are going to get to 10 million in this expansion. You're crazy, Logan. Wait till you see it happen. And what happened? We got there. Right. And uh, uh, it's a different demographic patch uh, than we saw in 2008. Job openings were 2 million. Now it wasn't the case. So uh, it's just a unique backdrop in that case. We'll have to see what finally cracks it. But it needs consumption. Right. It needs consumption to go down for businesses to hurt enough to fire people because the boy, if you lose your labor, you might not get that person back. Right. And I think that's the that's the concern that business people have. It was such a hard time getting uh, labor this time around. And people thought, well, when the stimulus checks are done, everyone comes back to work. No. Right. That that didn't happen. And now we're like getting, oh, no, we really do need immigration, don't we? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, no country has a Dorian Gray labor force market. And we just have a unique demographic patch now than than in the past. And uh, there's parts of the U.S. that just need more people, right? Productivity never came back. So that's the Fed. The Fed's concern is productivity sucks. People have to get paid more for labor. And then there's a wage spiral that happens after that. So. That's the situation we're in. We have to take it one week at a time, but it's it's much different than the recovery uh, after the Great Financial Crisis, where we didn't have any wage growth. Uh, it was a very slow recovery because population growth peaked, for prime age labor force declined, and we just work our household formation back up. Much different this time around.
0: So we're recording this on Friday. Um, it airs on a Monday, the the week that the Fed will be meeting and announcing the. The rate increase, which everyone assumes is going to be at least seventy-five. There are some there is some talk about even going higher. What
2: I think I think the one with the the one percent's off after the FedEx number. Okay. You know, the the Fed, the Fed tracks some of these bellwether companies and FedEx just slashed their earnings. They just said, Yeah, life sucks. You 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 want it, you got it. You wanted your business pain, here it is, right? Uh so I think that's 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 the the one percent's off. Plus, I, I, I do believe the Federal Reserve understands the rent inflation, like how the CPI lags on that. So, uh, that, in fact, I talked about that on C- CNBC. There's other data lines that show growth rate cooling down. It's just a, it, we're going to see that more in 2023. So, I do believe they understand that concept.
0: So, we've got that meeting. What else are you looking at this week?
2: Well, we're going to have existing home sales report, housing starts, uh, new home sales coming, and again, with if new listings are falling, that's that's never a good sign for existing home sales. Just because uh, uh, we've actually traditionally had our best uh, home sales reports, monthly home sales reports, happen in in the uh, in the fall and winter, uh, but now it's just if 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 sellers are calling quits, that means those sellers and buyers are calling and quits, and then now mortgage rates are up still, so uh, it doesn't it doesn't look good for sales in that in that regard. Because you're getting hit on the seller side, that's a buyer, and your mortgage rates are up. So uh, it's one of those things. Uh, um, uh, it's almost at the end of the year that you start thinking about spring of of 2023. And again, home prices are going to be up this year, right? Total home prices are going to be up. Uh, we started the year off to way too strong to have any uh, the national data decline. I mean, we're, we're even possibly have 10% growth this year. So uh, that that's painful, right? Um, uh on a, on a year like this, and this is the third time now that home sales have fallen under 5 million and home prices still grew. And the, the past two times were single digits, right? Very low single digits here. Uh, we, possibility of double digits.
0: Well, um, to all of our listeners, Logan writes up his analysis of those reports for us, so we'll be looking for that um, as they come in. Also, you're going to be speaking at the New England Mortgage Bankers Association. You're going to be speaking at Aim Fuse. You're going to be speaking at Housing Wire Annual, October third through fifth. So these are opportunities for people to see you in person. They can get the passion with the the wild hand uh, motions, the the way you're raising your your hands, the way you it, it's it's pretty great. So um, and then also you'll have the they'll have the opportunity to ask a live Q and a and talk to you afterwards. So that's a, that's a huge benefit. Yeah.
2: yeah. Again, ask, ask questions. There's a lot of confusing things out there, right? Uh, um, even for people like myself that track data uh, it's, it's pretty nuts, right? You are, you're dealing with so many new variables that are not even tied to economics, but are also are tied to war. Uh, especially what Europe has to deal with, with their energy crisis. Uh, China is in a recession and, uh, the dollar super strong so there's just there's a lot of things that are happening now that you know are are, are agents of chaos
0: Agents of chaos well um, invite every I will invite everyone to join us at Housing Wire annual October 3rd through 5th and go to housingwireannual.com to sign up register so you can talk to Logan and many other uh, amazing speakers in person Logan thanks as always